0: you're listening to oilers nation radio a member of the nation network of podcasts and delivered by doordash one hour of straight hockey talk with dan rick and tyler and bag milk
2: starts now welcome to oilers nation radio episode 149 i am bag milk here with dan rick and Waz sitting Hi. in for tyler <clears throat> new tyler improved tyler oh thank you for some reason tyler your rem normal producer for Letters Nation Radio thought it'd be a good idea to take a vacation during the busiest week of the NHL's news cycle in the off season. Why did he do that, Dan? I don't know.
3: Imagine taking a vacation at all, really. This guy do you even know
2: how to grind Tyler? And then Summer what did you is- say? Like what did he say? He's like, I can record Oilers Nation Radio on Friday if we do it at like 4 a.m. or some shit like yeah. that. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. shit. no, I'm okay. he was, get out of here.
3: He was really malleable for us. He was making himself available at oh, all man, hours. He's
2: really, really bent over there on his vacay. Gracious as always, Tyler Remchuk. Where are you now? I don't know. have
4: been replaced If we get by some losses. sort of tr- if we get some sort of trade in this, in this uh, little hour or whatever we use, what are the odds on that he calls to try and get
3: involved? I'd Waz, say no. was don't let him in. Well, yeah, that's Waz, true. I do have he, the
2: code. so If you see Tyler in the <laughs> waiting room of this Zoom call, do not let him in. Or let him in and instantly mute him. Yeah, And then he can just Permo look at us it. talking about what's going on with your others. All right. So as we do every week, we start off by thanking our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant. Check them out on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant or on Twitter at Sherwood Ford service parts, new whip, Waz, you need a new whip? What are you driving these days? I don't have a car yet. Oh. I'm trying to find one right now. Sherwood Ford, we need to help Waz out. So that means now we need five Broncos. Please. Normal crew. Actually, you know what? You can have Tyler's Bronco. We're just four Broncos.
0: I'll take anything at this point, so. Looking
2: outside my parking spot, still no Bronco. (laughs) Sherwood Ford. Let's figure it out. Again. Sherwood Ford underscore the giant on Instagram. Sherwood Ford on Twitter. Nation Dan this week with the giant question what do you got for us
3: well it's a tag team between you and i bag milk Mm -hmm. because breaking earlier today elliot friedman had a little tidbit about uh players that want to come to canada do you have the quote there
2: i do somewhere no i don't i lost it basically (laughs) while i find it and we vamp it's they don't want to come to canada yes so it's here it is there's a unique but valuable case could be newly minted Stanley Cup champion David Savard because word is he's more willing than some of his peers to consider Canadian destinations. One GM said Thursday that he's hearing more and more from players that they prefer not to play in Canada. It's a real thing, he said, mentioning taxes, social media, and tighter pandemic restrictions.
3: Dan? So my Sherwood Ford giant question of the day is, if you could change one thing within the control of the organization or the fans, What would you do to make Edmonton more enticing to free agents? Bag milk?
2: I mean, here's the thing. We're going to get into the Larson thing, obviously, in a minute. And having him leave to an expansion team as a free agent when you have Connor and Leon beside you is upsetting. But we'll get to that. So how to make it more enticing? show more pictures of the mountains in the pitch video. Like I still need to see what that DVD is that they sent to Danny Heatley. Like what's
4: on there. Oh, wow. Did
2: they push the bat around on 97th street? Like we need to know. Hold
4: on. Hold the bat may not have even been there.
2: That is true. That is very true. I don't remember when the backup put it. So what's in there. Did they show them the fantasy land suites, like the car bedroom, the truck? Yeah. You know, the, the wave pool. Who doesn't like a wave pool? i like a wave pool honestly dan i don't know the answer to this question how do you make it more desirable i don't know winter sucks but i don't think they really care as much as the stories made out about winter like it blows but like it's what three weeks where it's insane cold uh plus you're also know, sorry answer. to
0: cut you off like you you're, as an nhl player traveling most of the time anyways so yeah
2: yeah like we're gonna get into the schedule and there's a period in you know late in late in the, in the year 2021, that is where the others are gone for the bulk of it. So I don't know the answer to the question, Dan, how do you get Edmonton to be more of a free agent destination? You build a winner really is what you got to like, winning cures all i think and if the oilers were competitive and making moves every year in the playoffs that is i think that would be enough i don't i think the rest wouldn't matter yes the social media thing is a thing people that tag players and shit or like when the oilers tweet something and the players tagged and they just go carving them that doesn't help so stop it (laughs) but in terms of actually getting better players to sign here i think it's it's got to be about winning no
0: what about you, Was? What do you think? I mean, I think, yeah, winning does play a factor right now. But, like, also, Edmonton, like, as a whole, I think has improved a lot over the last couple of years. So it's tough to say unless you want to maybe give them, like, a, a room to themselves in the Marriott for, like, whenever they're here. I, I don't know, something, <laughs> something interesting. So,
2: but at the same okay. point, too, it's like, look, last year, Tyson Berry signed here on a discount he's talking to the Oilers about potentially re-signing again. That was a free agent that came here. Milan Lucic, and I know it didn't work out, but he was like one of the big dogs in 2016. He signed here on a long-term deal because he wanted to play with McDavid and blah, blah, blah. Like, Is it as big of a thing, Rick, do you think, as it was back in the day? Or is this just, again, we got to yell about something?
4: Uh, yeah, no, it's definitely not what it used to be. Um, obviously, you get out of the Decade of Darkness. You had a Connor, a Leon, a couple other guys that are here. Um, it's, completely different than what it was before. Um I still think there's there's a little bit of, of a rotten section inside of OEG, the whole the company on its own. Um I think that probably affects some sort of communication and that trickles down and I'm sure some of that negativity gets towards the players. Um I understand what how we're trying to correlate this to the uh to the Friedman thing and the fans and social media and stuff. Um I don't think it's as big of a part, but I do think it is it probably does play um more than a little bit uh, of of a part but at the end of the day i think it's the organization itself is what needs to be uh selling themselves and if they can't sell themselves like um we'll never know but why did adam leave you know like is it yeah some of the actual reasons like the emotional parts of his father and his mother only coming here a couple times and whatnot is there something, a part of the organization that he just felt like, you know what, they don't really take care of this side of the other thing. We'll never really know, but I would prefer to hear a lot more of, you know, that was a class A organization. They did this, they did that, they did the other thing for me. And I know they have lacked in that area. First um, firsthand like I, I, I just know these things um, or that is that specific thing that. You know sometimes the organization doesn't take care of the players as well as they should, so I think if that uh fixes itself, that's probably the, the number one thing I'd put on it.
3: It's I a fair point.
2: We're going to talk about Larson here in a minute. Dan, what's your thoughts?
3: My my answer, I think, is uh, it's twofold. So, it's it, it, I think that the social media thing is a, is a real issue. I do believe that you know, Canadian fans we're rabid, we love our hockey and and we hold players accountable, and you know, tagging players and all that kind of stuff, it happens, but. I think it's an easy fix for the teams if they put in some more effort. And I'm not just talking about the Oilers, even. Uh, but if the teams put in more effort to show the impact that these players are having around the community, you know, more videotapes of them of them going to Ronald McDonald House and helping out, or or going to a children's hospital and helping out, women's shelters, all those things. What it does is it kind of it makes them Edmontonians, not necessarily just Edmonton Oilers, and and it it removes the perception that these guys just come in, play their hockey and then walk away from the city kind of thing. And then therefore the criticism won't be as vitriol filled as, as it would be if it was just based on your on ice performance. Uh, you know, I, that I've, I've always believed that, that the, the teams that do the best are the teams that have their fan base behind them, regardless of the results, win or lose, you're still an Edmonton Oilers fan and win or lose, they're still Edmonton Oilers players and they are to be, you know, whilst maybe not treated the best in, in, in house and and are held accountable for their mistakes on the ice. When they leave the ice, we respect them as the people that are helping the city of Edmonton that they are. So I, I just, I just, I, I think it's a simple little tweak that, that, I would like to see more Canadian teams do where they just give more of a focus on the player and profiles of the player and the things and the impact that they're making around their city.
2: The thing that bothers me about the social media thing, I guess, is yes, Canadian fans are psychos about hockey really. Um, But that's what about like Boston is the same way, you know, Yep, it's Philly is the same way, but is it as big, is 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 it as,
4: Is it as big on, on social media though? Like as, if I'm not mistaken, the they have one of the largest fan bases on social yes. media out of any team in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we're obviously speaking from the every, top. our voice is obviously extremely gigantic voice, right? So some other play some other fan bases can say whatever, but no one really pays attention to them. You really can't get away from us. And I don't think it's the, criticism the well-worded criticism is something you would say to their face or you know the, the when you word things properly I don't think it is that but I think it's the I've you know while I slept last night I try to come up with the most ridiculous quote-unquote joke to make you know on Twitter the next day and we and he's kicking a dead horse and just never letting up on some things like I we we get it you don't like this but why do you keep shitting on it like you honestly it's not you wouldn't say this to anybody's face yeah right and i think that's so it's not the it's not the fair criticism that's fine these guys understand that but it's the incessant just taking a dump on the guy over and over and over and over and over again and really not holding back at all either like we're coming I, out there and ripping these guys for all sorts of stupid shit and i understand a lot of the people who do the worst ripping their voices should not be heard because they're they're idiots but there's still a lot of people that just keep going. And it just, I think that's what it is at the end of the day. It's like, you know, we live in this mental health um, time. Now where we're supposed to be respecting this and helping, and, you know, just helping everybody along with this thing. And then we turn our back on it because it's hockey and we absolutely dump all over some of these guys. Yeah, I, this, think,
2: I think oh, blaming fans for anything when it comes to a professional, like, okay, to a point I agree with Rick, but like.
4: Because you can't the, get away from an, social media, man. But, but yeah, like, if the Oilers slides.
2: didn't have three playoff appearances in 15 years, the fans wouldn't be so quick to anger either. And as much as, Probably. you know, I have a voice, you have a voice, we all do. If the organization put together a competent hockey team that can actually play and be competitive, then a lot of this noise goes away. Look right, at but the that's, season. That's
4: like That's the actual criticism, though. It's the excessive stuff, I think, is the issue.
2: But again, I still think a lot of that shit would go away if the if the Oilers were a perennial playoff team. Every year we know we're in, every year we're gonna be in the mix. I think that goes away.
4: Right. We know right? we're in the mix right now, don't you think? We're in the don't you think that sure? But like this team is automatically not automatically, but pretty dang close to being automatically in the playoffs. Therefore, shouldn't we give a like not we, because I think everybody here is pretty well spoken, but shouldn't some of those people kind of take a foot off the uh the accelerator here and kind of like, okay, let's see what happens.
2: The problem yeah, but also think, is oh, that sorry.
4: <laughs> sorry, was The
2: <laughs> problem also with the Oilers fans is that we know too much. We mm-hmm. know the bottom six is not contributing at the level that they should. And to have, a, you know, have players come in that just do the same shit and just need... You need Connor and Leon to drag them in until they build a team around those two guys. I think it's just... Nothing's going to change in terms of Oilers fans on social media. Give them a good team one that can be competitive even when connor and leon are not on the ice a lot of this shit's gonna go away
0: no yeah it's like i think rick was saying like i mean i feel like we're becoming perennial like where we're consistently making the playoffs for once finally and i think people don't really see that they just see oh we got swept in the first round oh we lost in the bubble chicago so things are not changing it's like oh we had 2017 it feels like a lot of people forgot that even happened I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of like where the team's at a little bit. I mean, sure, we should be a bit better. But,
2: I mean, ultimately, it's not in our control. No, exactly. It's not in the fans' control. So I, I just – I'm always hesitant about blaming fans for when things go bad. It's like – Well, I think it's just because, like, people, there is a reputation that will
0: pick out a scapegoat and kind of run them out of town, Right. Like, I think maybe mm-hmm. Eberly, Talbot, there's been a few players over the years, obviously. <laughs> so it's just there, there. there is that little reputation, but I think it's just a very small minority.
2: But there's also like, that's also, uh, you know, and I include myself in the mix. There's also like media that factor into that, you know, when yeah. uh, and I'll take a shot at Mark Spector here right now. And I did it on Twitter. So if you saw it, he saw it. When he posts something saying no matter how long or overpaid Zach Hyman is, you can't fucking complain because they're going for it. Like that doesn't help the situation you're poking the bear and whether he's doing that on purpose or he genuinely feels that way, I don't know, but like, that's also not helping. There's a very combative relationship in this city between media bloggers, fans, not, not all, but not always, you know, there's a mix of it's, it's in the range, you know, there's shades of gray. But it's it's a weird mix here. I again I don't I'm not well versed enough on other cities and their media to be able to say that. But like if you're in if you're in Boston and Joe Haggerty says something you don't like, is it just like you have the back knowledge in your brain to just carve him up with details and stats? Do they do that there? I
4: have no idea. But here they but do. The, but the Bruins are also fourth in line. True. True. That's right? the that, that, and so that's and Celtics are all miles ahead of 100%. them. 100 percent
3: But what that, what bag milk, what, what service it does do to bag milk's point is the, they don't have anybody behind them to carry the bag or in front of them to carry the bag in Canada. You are the mm-hmm. number one mar. You are the number one sports story in Ottawa. You're the number one sports story in Winnipeg. You're the number one sports story in Edmonton. So
2: Winnipeg doesn't have newspapers. Though. They're <laughs> still doing uh, Pony Express and faxing things. <laughs> so I don't
3: know. Of what course, that, what was I thinking? But you're the number one yeah. story in 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 Iqaluit. You know, like that's like hockey. Hockey reigns supreme, and so there is a there is a certain amount of merit to that. But I think that that also comes. It also comes back to my point of giving these players more than just an identity of the trade that brought them in or the contract that brought them in and then the play on the ice. If, if they're leaving town and Adam Lar and, and Mark Spector is able to write an article about the 1500 visits that Adam Larson made over his six years in Edmonton, you know, like that kind of stuff is just, it's easier to write about than having him drag him out of town. Like Steve Simmons it's, did with Phil Kessel. It's right not, now
4: it's not retroactive though. Right. So if he, if he reads that and like, Oh, I feel good about that. I know um, it doesn't take Nobody, away buddy. three years ago on a Wednesday when he was just trying to look at whatever on Twitter and found everything. I think if everyone just typed the way they spoke face to face, that wouldn't be an issue anymore, but I don't think that's just not a thing. Everyone, you we take it from a three to a 33 instead. And I, I don't really agree with it, but it is what it is. And I don't see it ever changing.
2: If you have ideas on what the Canadian cities could do to try and soften the, you know, create a soft landing spot for some free agents, hit us up. ON radio podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We want to know your ideas. Since we're talking about free agents leaving, how could we not talk about our boy, Adam Larson? Dan talked about it. He, for the last five years he was here was the one for one guy and it wasn't his fault. He had no part of that trade uh, apart from being the return for Taylor Hall, and yet he probably had to hear about it way more often than he should have. Good player. I think a lot of people liked Adam Larson as a player but didn't like the trade. But unfortunately, it wasn't his fault, but it was his problem. What do you make about Adam Larson leaving? Because I want to get into some quotes from Ken Holland's press conference as well, but first, just thoughts on Larson leaving.
3: Well, for me, the first immediate kind of weird thought, and it's, and again, it's you know maybe I'm too deep into the the social media stuff, but you didn't see a lot of messages saying goodbye to Adam from his from his teammates like you do for other guys. Um oh, I just I don't, don't
2: think the others do that though. Who nope. do?
3: Yeah,
4: who's the who's the one that you saw though? Who's a comparable? Like I don't think Jones I anything, but I get it. Yeah. But did, I don't know if Benning really got anything. I don't really know if they're. If that's
0: yeah, I just don't, I don't know they the do, that. do. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I saw that for Eberly as well. I
4: can't remember. Yeah, I don't think I saw any of that. But yeah, just,
3: to your point, Beg Milk, it, it, it. I think you put it out there, and and Gregor asked the question too, and it 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 begs a question to the organization of you know what's going wrong here, where you know a guy one year is at his exit interview touting the city and loving everything about it. Now, obviously, Larson has some extenuating circumstances there that you know the death of his father is is something that has to be looming in his head, um, you know whether that factored into the decision or not. Uh, but you know it, you see Caleb Jones, who was in a pretty good spot with this team and didn't want to be here anymore. You know it, it, these 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 little these little you know. I don't want to be here is they're kind of piling up a little bit, a lot when you're supposed to have, you know, you have the best player in, in the game playing for you, arguably the third or fourth best player in the game playing for you. And guys still don't want to sign here, even though they've already played with these guys and know how easy that can be and how easy that life can be.
2: See, I have a hard time comparing Jones and Larson though, because Jones, I can understand why you wouldn't want to be here. He just wasn't playing, you know? Like eventually a guy wants to play and I'm there's maybe there's probably more to it, Dan. I completely with you, but like with Larson, that one's so confusing because like you said, I watched his year end press conference again yesterday and he talked about the city, the fans, the team, the teammates, all that stuff. Holland referred to him as part of the core. I, uh, so it's surprising what happened between then and the time he signed in Seattle, like what happened there? Because, It doesn't make sense to me. And I don't expect players to be a hundred percent forthcoming in those press conferences. I don't expect any of them to tell the truth. It's like to Rick's point, people to get really mad at Ken Holland for not saying anything in a press conference, what GM, Oh, I mean, Mac T did, Mac T said way too much, (laughs) arguably, but, uh, outside of Maxi, which GMs just shoot from the hip and say exactly what's on their mind. They don't do that. They've all got their style of tap dancing and lawyeriness is what I call it where they don't answer questions. And that's just Holland's flavor. But I did believe Adam Larson that he liked being here. So what happened, you know, is it part of it? That was, he slighted by the idea of being like, Oh no, no, we're going to sign you, but you've got to wait till after expansion. Like, I don't know. Did he not feel prioritized? That, I'm just, I'm guessing. I have no idea. Is it part of it that he's tired of being the one for one guy in the city? I don't know. It's weird, but now, Oilers have a problem. Was what do you think?
0: I mean, there's yeah, obviously there's a lot of question marks now because like I was kind of very confused, sad, and you know, a little angry that he left because I really liked Adam Larson. I liked what he was turning into. I I don't. I had like, why would he leave? I almost. Like yeah, like you were saying, like what happened between the exit interview and now was the negotiations with the contract. Like apparently there was a few tables on the off, like offers on the table for Larson. Yep. So now the question is, how do we replace him? Because personally, I'm not really a big fan of just having the current defense corps. I'm like we need to go into the market and look for a defenseman. <laughs>
2: And I agree with you. So we're going to we're gonna get to that in a minute, but just sticking with Adam Larson here. So a couple of uh, quotes from the Holland press conference when asked about it. Uh, let me back up here a little bit. Um, Holland said, we looked at the marketplace, what the marketplace was for a type of player he was in recent contracts. There was about 10, 12 comparables. I made an offer in March, talked through April, and sometime in April we were told they wanted to shut it down to the end of the season. All makes sense. A lot of players do that going into the playoffs. Not a big deal. I thought we were very close to a deal a month ago. As time went by, I was told that Adam really wanted to make sure of his decision and wanted to know what his options were. Then I made three, four, five different offers through June and July. About a week ago, I went to Larson's agent and said, if Adam wanted to explore the market, he could talk to other teams and see what his options were in the hopes that his best option was here in Edmonton. Woke up to a text that Adam had signed a deal in Seattle. So, again, we're just guessing. You got to think Holland was surprised by this. No, wait, it seemed like they were going to get a deal done a couple of times. He's got to think, where the fuck did this go wrong?
4: You know, I wonder how many teams he talked to. Did he just talk to Seattle? Like, obviously, well, if a, he was allowed, if, if we okayed it, if we it said, yeah. hey, you can go talk to whoever. Interesting. Um, I must have missed that yesterday, but I obviously, I, I thought, you know, he was in the window for uh, UFAs talking to, to the new team. So maybe that's just what it was. Um, I, I don't yeah. see it being, you know what, the way he, his last, his last interview, when you look on it in hindsight now, could have been saying, could have been his exit, you know, could have been, Hey, listen, I loved every minute here and said all these good things. And it's kind of, he wanted to, you know, make sure it was a clean break on, on the way out the door and said, Hey, thank you for everything. I think just want to move on and blah, blah, blah. Right. I mean, if you, if you look at what he said, you could easily use that exact quote, Put it after the, the the signing, and it would all meld together, right?
2: It's just, I guess, it's just weird because, I mean, in the in the post season presser, he says, "I want to be an oiler," blah blah blah. Like, and again, I don't buy everything people say into a microphone to mm-hmm. the media. Of course, that's ridiculous. It's just, I guess, it hurts in the sense that, first of all, like Waz says, makes a massive hole on the defense on this team. He was one of the league's better shut down defensemen and now that is a hole and there is nobody there we're again we're going to get to that but to leave for the same money to an expansion team i'm like man he just he really wanted to get out of here
3: well maybe i was reading too much into the press conference and i don't want to i don't necessarily want to do that because it's nice to actually get some information from ken holland but that isn't about the detroit red wings but um
2: by the way no red wings mentions in yesterday's press conference everybody (laughs) was surprised by that one go ahead
3: um but for me it was the mention that he said that he put a like different contracts on the table like four or five times and so like how low was he starting to have gotten up to the point where he was at the same number as seattle and maybe that's where the issue was no he
4: had yeah I think it was a term thing. I think he said he had a three, a four, and a five year term contract. Yeah, there were the different table.
2: term offers later. So I don't think okay. it was
4: I don't think it's like he lowballed him in money. Got it. He gave him options in terms okay. of term.
3: I missed that that little bit, and that's why I didn't want to do the uh, the overanalyzing of his statement because obviously I wasn't listening at that point. But uh but yeah, it just it's it sucks. It really sucks. But uh, you know, maybe they can sign Dougie Hamilton for just under seven million dollars and not have a problem there.
2: Well, that's another thing because Dan and I have been pushing for Dougie Hamilton for a while, but also Holland says we will not be whale hunting or what did he say? We will not be in the big game hunting on defense.
4: Except However, not Frank, seven to eight million dollar deal. Yes. That's right. Frank called us the dark horse and the dark that's horse right. never shines a light on himself. So if you're the dark horse, of course you're gonna say that.
2: So if you're uh, missing Rick, that, I Frank Saravalli, Nation Network Insider, Daily Face Off Expansion Draft Runer
3: was of the NHL.
2: So Saravali said the weather's already dark horse for um for Dougie Hamilton. Um, maybe comes in cheaper than we think. Maybe fingers crossed.
3: 6.9. Yeah. Somebody I said hope that. so. That'd yeah. be that'd be nice. That'd be nice.
2: <laughs> uh, okay, so back to Larson for a sec. Obviously, he's gone. Oh, big hole back to Ken Holland. He says, I'm in communication with Tyson Berry. I had an offer on the table for Adam Larson. I expects. Well, obviously we knew that our expectations are that Evan Bouchard will be an everyday player like that. Excellent. So maybe he can take some of that, those minutes I need to do something on defense. So, well, I do this ad read gentlemen, my question that I'm going to ask you as soon as I'm done, if our right side is bear Barry Bouchard, the order doesn't matter. Is that enough or does it need to be more? But first, we'll say shout out to Bixler's Jewelers. They are licensed. They are wonderful. And like Dan will tell you in a minute, they are America's first jeweler.
3: 1785.
2: Established in 1785 at a small Pennsylvania workshop. Centuries now they've been working on this day.
3: Just a few centuries, and they decided to partner up with us. As you mentioned, Bag Milk, they are the official jeweler of the NHL. They have other licensed agreements as well, uh, but for a limited time, and when I say limited, I mean seven more days. Seven days? How many more days are there in July? Eight uh, more eight days. days. Eight more days for you to use the code Bixler's Nation 10 to get 10% off of your officially licensed... Uh, Jewelry of the hockey variety. And uh, and so yeah, Bixler Nation 10, 10% off your order. Get that in before the end of the month because that's when the deal wraps up.
2: Waz, I think he'd look real nice with an Oilers ring, buddy.
3: Really? Absolutely.
2: Imagine maybe like a four-knuckle Oilers ring on Actually, I Actually, I like that sharp. idea. Yeah. That would look yeah, real it. sharp. Let's do All it.
3: their jewelry. Beautiful stuff.
2: So Adam Larson gone. Now, what do we do before the ad read? I said, bear, Bouchard, Barry, any order. doesn't matter. Is that good enough on the right side? New and improved Tyler. I start with you.
0: Uh, On paper. No, it looks, it looks very scary. Uh, But then again, I'm, I'm kind of a firm believer that these players can improve over the course of the season and prove us wrong, but still, I think we need to try to get someone that's a little bit more experienced and stronger.
4: Rick. I think if you had, you'd have to bring in another um, second line left handed shot to play with. Uh, one to go with Barry, one to go with Bouchard. Uh, I, I don't like that idea. I would, uh, I would move on from from uh, Barry. I think we need a player to replace Larson's style, and that's what you kind of go after. And as much as I, I love the idea of bringing in like a Dougie. Uh, maybe we can find somebody at half the cost and use the rest of that for um some help up front dan or in the net for that
3: matter
2: you will get there too dan
3: <laughs> i'm kind of at the point where i think ken holland is doing everything against the grain to try and prove a point and so i think tyson <laughs> berry i think tyson berry is going to be our right right defenseman and you know, like it's one of those things. It's like, you hope that Evan Bouchard can really step it up and all of a sudden become Chris Pronger because the defensive liabilities on that right side are, uh, are many.
2: Well, and another interesting wrinkle, again, we're going back to Frank Saravali, dailyfaceoff.com. If we're talking about the right side, how can I not look at Frank's new trade targets that just got loaded up today? Ethan Baer, Makes an appearance at number 29. He says the scoop is Edmonton's preference probably is not to trade Bear, who is still finding his footing in the NHL, but they may have to consider the possibility depending on the other balls GM Ken Holland is juggling on the back end. The trouble for Bear, like a lot of young players, has been consistency. He is a gifted player. The knock on him is his commitment to being in top end condition. I'm an Ethan uh, Bear fan. I know everybody here is an Ethan Bear fan. I don't, man, trading him would be a rough one.
4: I don't think they do trade him. I think this is just a lot of people making that up. However, I do know for a fact that he came in in less than great condition last year. That's kind of what the, um, if you remember last year, he didn't start off so great. Started Elfist to get scratches his game together, mm-hmm. hurt himself, started to get his game together, and, you know, a couple of bad mistakes at the end, whatever so i think if he gets his um his physical condition and he comes in peak then he'll be okay that will ease the minds of of everybody in the suits watching from the seats if he doesn't i think it's a valid question about a player like i mean if you're sure. 24 years old and you're not coming in you're not coming in in peak condition that's a valid question and sure. i would kind of understand that somebody would want to move on from a player like that because you're about to have to give him more money again right away. So I really hope he just comes, he's, he's got that part figured out and he comes in in peak physical condition and we can sweep this away because Holland did say yesterday he needs young players and Bear was one of them to step up and take some of these roles because he can't replace them all with trades or UFA players. So the fact he mentioned Ethan Bear's name two or three times in the presser. I think gave me that sense that they don't really want to trade him, but if he forces their hand by by not coming in shape, I think there's there's a a valid a valid concern there from the from the organization. Dan,
3: sorry, my mute button. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like the, this, the the right side. Of, like, I don't know. I don't see him. I, like, far be it for me to question Frank Saravelli, but but I don't think that there's an opportunity to make a trade here anymore. Not for, not for the foreseeable future, just because the replacement level player is what Chris Russell on his off wing. Like, I don't know. We can't, we're not dealing from a position of power anymore.
4: He said juggling players. Right. So I think you would move someone in and therefore move them out. I don't see him moving somebody out without a plan.
2: I'm just throwing names out here, by the way, if you're listening to this and you're going to get mad at me and yell at your car radio (laughs) or whatever the fuck you're listening. Official rumors. According to bag milk. That's right. Sources say, <laughs> <laughs> no. So here's the thought That's I've been reading it on Twitter. And again, I don't like the idea, but this is what it is. It's okay. Maybe they sign Tyson Berry. They bring him back. Right. Okay. So then you've got bear Barry Bouchard on the right side. I like the alliteration don't necessarily like the makeup. Now the, what I've been reading is in that scenario, you could then trade bear for help getting the three C and sign a guy like good Branson who's a a shutdown guy again I don't like it I don't like Erica Branson at all however that is a name that I've seen circling I know Stoffer's also been teasing that name on his show so that's the kind of thing that I would imagine Frank's talking about when we're juggling players here again I don't like it but that's just what I've saw cruising the old interwebs as we were preparing for the podcast does that mm-hmm. make more sense to you Dan
3: Uh, Yeah. uh, Yes, but no, like, like you said, it's, 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 it's a terrifying proposition. The, 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 to me, the defense with Duncan Keith was better when you had Adam Larson on the other side of him. That's, that's the, that was the issue for me was that that pairing is what makes, what makes me more comfortable with the Duncan Keith move in itself. So you have to go out and find a defensively sound guy to pair with Keith now and I don't know if that guy exists as a UFA. So then you're looking at a trade. I don't know. I, it's just, we like, you know, for, for Holland to have responded to the question, you know, what does this do to your, to your plans? And he just says, you have to make a new plan. That's, that's pretty scary to me in 2021. Is, yeah. I know, I know that that's, I understand that that's the reality. And, and, and I get that that's where it just, it just happened that way. Um, but, I would hope that my team has some contingency plans in place when you're exposing a guy like Adam Larson with the knowledge that Seattle could take him and not have even had a negotiation done with him yet and, and look to sign him that way. So, I, uh, I don't know. Like, and also, uh, oh, geez. I just drooled at the thought. What the? I'm going full melt. I'm going full melt. Either here. Wow. Okay, dad's wow.
2: very fired up about defense here.
3: It's but it's it, it's it's goofy to me that. Ken Holland, with one on one hand, can say, I opened up the door for Adam Larson to go to talk to everybody, and then also not have a plan for Adam Larson to no longer be a part of the team, and think that that was just a, I love him, so I'm going to set him free, and he's going to come back to me kind of scenario, as if Ken Holland's never been scorned that- by somebody.
4: That was only a week ago, right? He said he said about a week ago. Said, yeah, but so as I soon as you even as even as soon as you make week, that
3: available, though, you have to start planning for the for the chance that he's not gonna want to play with you anymore.
4: No, and that's fair, but I think he probably did at that point. What he I said guess. yesterday was probably the exact same thing, is like yeah, well, you, guess, gotta, right. you gotta come up with a new uh, new plan. What's I, scary I think to that me surprised everybody. I it's is the, that's terrifying that he left.
3: And apparently You know, apparently the Oilers were in on this Ristolainen transaction that happened just before we got on the air. Yeah, Uh, yeah, and we (laughs) we dodged a bullet there a bit, at least according to the the fancy numbers uh, about Ristolainen. So that to me sounds like that was their that was possibly their a one option, and and so that's scary to me.
2: Well, we'll see what happens. Like a guy who is a free agent, that would probably be actually getting quite a few suitors at this point. Would be a guy like David Savard. He's a 30 year old right shot defenseman that is a shutdown guy. Um, I imagine Ken Holland would be kicking a guy like that's tires as well. I Especially so. if the plan that's... is to, you know, if you're going to walk away from Ethan Bear, you better have a plan like Dan said. I just, I just uh, that's I scary just... though
4: a, UF, a UFA guy like that. That's scary because we're already over term, and i get the terming guy. and he just finished in tampa there. yeah so i mean True. That's, as much as that's a, a name i think you got to try and find um a quieter player to get him at a cheaper price I that's just, what it's going to
2: be you know it's going to be like a david savard it's going to be the eric good they're not going to you might Adam you actually. might
4: be able you might be able to go trade for like a, a player who has one year left on his contract or something like that the josh Mason type
2: that would be dope. I would like that. But, but the what the Oilers actually have available to trade is very limited, I think, personally. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to make trading for a quality player going to be a much more significantly difficult. I Like, t- the first-round pick, yesterday, Ken Holland said, I will not trade this for a rental, but I will look at a hockey trade. Smart. Yep. I like hearing that. What is, the, what is the value of a 20th-slash-19th overall pick Thanks for cheating, Arizona. Um, <laughs> what is the value of that? You know, could you get it's... could you get a Manson type for a first plus something? I don't know. I have no idea.
3: I uh, think with this you... draft, you have to look at it like it's a second round pick almost.
2: I guess.
0: I mean, St. It's... Louis just dealt uh, their second round pick for Buknevich. So that just happened. Just now? Yeah, Buknevich to St. Louis for Blyce in a second in 2022.
4: See, like... There you go. That's here comes what we, Tyler. Tyler's gonna be in the waiting room right away. <laughs> yeah, because t- yeah, right, Tyler's I, been a Bushnavish guy for a while. Yeah, long I already time. broke the news, Tyler. Sorry.
2: <laughs> yeah, Bushnavish. Yeah, all the insiders are in here now. So Bushnavish, St. Louis for a Blaze, and a second in 2022. Oilers can even have, trade the 20, I, the second in twenty twenty two. It's Tyler. I think up we can make
4: some, I think we end up moving our, like I don't think either one of the goalies are there at nineteen or twenty, whatever you want to call it today. So I do think we end up making a a trade and moving back and looking at a two and a three, if we can, if we can move 19 for a a second and a third, and then we can get involved in some of this uh, some of this stuff for some of these defensemen. But I think we need to make that, uh, that trade first.
2: We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how like the draft's coming up. It starts two o'clock as we're recording here today on a Friday afternoon, the draft coverage starts at 6 PM mountain. So we will see. Uh skipping ahead a little bit because we got to move things along. Although Waz isn't gonna cut us off today. You hear that, Tyler? <laughs> You're probably not even listening to this right now, are you? I'm not committed this guy.
3: Not um, right now. Not <laughs> committed.
2: First, before we move on to the other big news story of the week here at Edmonton, I want to shout out our friends at Cornerstone Insurance for 90 years, Waz. For 90 years, Cornerstone Insurance has been a family and employee-owned business here in Edmonton, and they've got all these services that you could ever hope and dream of in terms of your insurance. Auto, residential, commercial, life insurance, whatever you need. They're there for you. Need a claim? Have a claim to submit? No problem. And on the left-hand side of your screen, there's a Citizens of the Nation tab. Click on that. Get yourself a little discount. Cornerstoneins.ca. Cornerstoneins.ca. Why not save yourself some money? All right. Big news story coming this week. Zach Hyman looks like, barring some kind of disaster, Zach Hyman is going to be in Edmonton. No other. Now, what does it look like? That's where things get a little bit more interesting. Currently, the rumor has it, uh, according to many of the insiders, Jason Greger as well, Oilers potentially looking at a sign in trade for an eighth year for Zach Hyman to bring the cap hit down. Now, two parts. We're going to do this in two parts, boys, because we'll just end up start screaming at each other. And while I do like that, I do want to know your honest answers. Zach Hyman. First of all, the player coming to Edmonton in free agency. Let's just talk about the player first. Are you excited about Zach Hyman?
1: I think and that's type of yeah. uh,
4: that type of addition. I think it's a good addition. I think it'll help out the top six, kind of round it out, give that extra forward in there. Um, The man also, uh, he's very good on the PK. I think that's somewhere else that we also need. So bringing that player in, I think is a good thing.
2: Where's you were gonna go? What do you say?
0: Yeah, I'm excited to bring him in. I mean, the contract's interesting, but uh, other than that, I'm excited. He's I I was watching some highlights of him. He's like pretty good in front of the net, like you said. He can throw around the body as well. He's good in the community, which is awesome as well. We love that here in Edmonton, honestly. So I'm excited to see what he brings. He seems uh, kind of versatile. It's just yeah, eight years is uh, it's. It, it, I, originally, I thought like this could be like Milan Lucic 2.0 with how the contract was looking but the difference is, I mean, Zach Hyman doesn't have stone hands like Milan Lucic, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the lower the lower we pay him, the better, I guess.
2: We're going to talk contract in a second. First, Dan, I just want to know your thoughts, Zach Hyman just in general, the player.
3: I'm going to go out on a limb and say Zach Hyman doubles his point totals career-wise this year with the Evans and Oilers. So career,
2: uh, career high currently of 21 goals and 41 points as a career. High,
3: say but, you know, two for but, sure.
4: but, but, but was that not in the reduced season? Like, um, the, the one where we yeah. lost to Chicago. So the reduced amount of games. So if you take no, his average no, points and extend it, it, it was, was last year's? career
2: high. Was, his career high was in, uh, no, he was actually hurt in the, in the shortened season that got cut off by COVID. So he only played 51 to 71 games there. It was the year before he played 71 to 82 and got 21 goals, 20 assists for 41 points. So that was 2018, 19.
3: But if you do put out last year's numbers of 33 points in, in 43, 43 games, games. Yep. and exper- extrapolate on that, it's about 70. So I could say 82 is a as a pretty good watermark as for him. And and yeah, he's he's a kind of guy that's going to come in. He'll bring a little bit of defensive responsibility to McDavid's line, so McDavid can sneak up there and play that. Uh, play that. Does that sound eerily similar to when we had Ryan Nugent Hopkins on McDavid's wing? And then I guess you know the hope is is that Hyman has a little bit more maybe finish in, in, in the net area um, than a Nugent Hopkins had. And so that allows Nugent to slide down well, with Dreisaitl and become an absolute stalwart uh, one-two punch of lines for the Evan Twillers.
2: First of all, i got to defend Nugent here for a second. Uh, Absolutely. Last Go year ahead. was just a bad
3: year. <laughs> I agree. Every,
2: yep. every other year before that, the four previous years before last year, he was outscoring Zach Hyman and probably would again. However, just to touch on Zach Hyman, I'm excited about it. I think that the more I read about how people in Toronto are just desperately going to miss him, that makes me happy. You know, I think those, when you, when you've got guys who work their ass off, become fan favorites, they've got skill and they're coming to your team. That's good news. Zach Hyman is going to help. He's going to help now. He's going to help for a few years. I don't think he's going to fall off like Milan Lucic did. At least not right away. I mean, we're talking Lucic fell off in year two of that seven-year contract. He fell
4: really that's... fast. He fell like really, really off fast off a
2: cliff. It's like yeah. he did the old Wiley Coyote thing. You saw the uh oh, the and then feet the feet moving, landed, but there's
4: nothing. I mean, the feet moving, but there's nothing underneath them, and then it so drops. Here's,
2: here's something that I want to read from uh, Steve Dangle from from Sportsnet. Oilers fans, Zach Hyman is a gem, truly. The Leafs organization has adored him and held him up as a standard since he was in the AHL. He's a smart, no-quit warrior, a penalty killer, capable net front guy and has scored at a 33 and 28 goal pace each of the last two seasons. The contract is whatever it is, but there's a reason he's so coveted. He's had his share of injuries, but he keeps bouncing back whenever he's doubted. His best goal scoring output came after knee surgery. He's a monster and he's a child's Uh, children's book author, happy for Zach. So it looks like we're getting a good player, a good person. And when you're talking about culture in the dressing room, buzzword, blah, blah, blah. Having a guy like that can only improve things. Now let's talk about the contract itself. Seven, eight years, way too fucking long. It's too long. However, you're going to bring the contract number down. I don't like the idea of him getting paid more than Nugent Hopkins who's a more productive player, but that is what it is. I'm not going to compare apples, to oranges on that one. The reality is the contract at seven or eight years is just too long. You bring the cap pit down. I'm with it. I get it. You're overpaying because he's a free agent, but I think on this one, this is signed specifically for right now and trying to win right now, but I could see us on this podcast having a Zach Hyman goal draft in year six, seven of that contract, but I'm not going to worry about that today. I'm not going to worry about that right now. I'm going to worry about what Zach Hyman can bring to the team. Now I'm going to be excited about him playing with Connor fishing out pucks or Leon, whichever, it doesn't matter to me, fishing out pucks, dishing to him, throwing the body, killing some PK. Cause you know what? The others are also going to need some penalty killers. Jujar Kara is not likely to return. He might, but unlikely to return. So they need guys who can kill poundies. And if one of those guys is a guy like Zach Hyman, and maybe he gets us a shorty or two here every now and then great. If he's involved in the community, he's at the stallery with kids, giving books to people or whatever he does in the community. Awesome. If he's a good guy in the room. Awesome. Contract too long. It's just too long, but that's, it's, it's about getting that AAV lower especially in the flat cap. And if you're going to think about it on the positive side, hopefully by year three, four, five, six, seven, whatever it is, we'll be talking about a cap that does not look like the one it does today. That's my spiel on the contract. Rick,
4: you're up. Yeah, I I agree. I, I, I get it. Eight is long and I don't like it, but I also realize that in our adult life for you and me, we have not really been in this win now type of situation. So Funny, we fucking is,
2: haven't done anything.
4: Like this. <laughs> so this 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 is very very new for us. Um it's, so I get it. I we got to win right now. So I understand throwing your chips in right now. Um I do agree with you though. Like I think the first four years we can green green check mark that for right now. Years 5 and 6 as of today are going to be a gray area for me and years 7 and 8 from today I think I'm a little bit worried about, but at the same time, you're right. I do believe the uh, salary cap is going to actually almost skyrocket between now and year five, year six of his contract to the point where it could be even more than $10 $10 million more right now. So I think the percentage of the cap is going to shrink enough that 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 contract, as long as he can play – third line at that time and then eventually if he's here for year eight and seven fourth line if he can still fill a role I think it'll be okay in terms of percentage of cap so I get it I understand that the eight years is terrifying um, I do think it's kind of what you have to do to try and win right now um, and there's it's, it's a gamble but I want to win right now and we have about four years five years and if he's gonna he's gonna help then if we get three cups out of it he can luch each himself in years six, seven, and eight. I really don't give a shit.
3: Dan, what about the contract? Yeah, for me, it's. I'm starting to kind of think the mentality shift. My mentality to uh, this offseason, we have four years to worry about right now, and it's it's time to get those Ws. It's time to get those cup runs, um, and Zach Hyman does that for us. Does he help us in five, six, seven, eight of the, of that contract? Mm, who knows. You never know if we have a new GM in here and he's able to ship that contract out. No problem. Like some GMs apparently are able to, unlike Kenny H. But as of right now, trying to win 2021-2022 and Zach Hyman helps us with that. So I'm happy with it. Um, you know, the number getting lower helps us with other transactions. That's the that's the main focus after that. And if that means more term, but it also sounds like that is not really going to be a deal. It's feasible because apparently Toronto wants a second round pick which we don't have
4: available. T- Please yeah. do not give a second round pick yeah. for $375,000. We're going to talk about this
2: in one sec. Waz, I just want to get your take on the seven, eight years
3: first.
0: Uh, yeah, just like kind of how you guys said, I'm kind of more focused on the first four years, not what's going to happen in like 2027, right? Like as long as we can go on like a few a, a better cup runs here, maybe getting to the third round, eventually a Stanley Cup in these next four to five years. That'd be great. That's all I want to see. And if you can produce and stay healthy, perfect.
2: So now let's talk about this potential sign and trade with Toronto. I am very, very against this. I hate the idea of giving up an asset just to get a guy who's gonna the extra year of a guy who's gonna sign here anyway. What assets, wait, like, you,
4: what if it's a sixth? Well, then I don't. Then I six? don't really. I don't oh, care. Okay, okay. Like, I get yeah,
2: why yeah. Toronto's asking for the. I get why you ask, but if it comes anywhere cl- I, and i again you can't trade the second or the third it's tied up in the keepers, it doesn't matter but like if it comes close to that man i got a problem with it because he's going to sign here just wait 5 days and if it's if the cap hit is higher by you know 400 grand who cares it sucks but yep. it is what it is. I don't need a sign and trade for that extra four hundred grand, especially if it comes anywhere close to what Toronto asked. If it's a sixth, who gives a shit? I, I yep. mean, I know some people get fired up about six round picks, but look at the look at the the reality of the <laughs> sixth round pick making the, the NHL. Uh, you know, i to be fair, Ethan Bear was a fifth round pick. So
3: anyway, encourage those haters to track that player for you and let you know how that. Toronto draft. Well, oh, you, the do, the, you yeah. do the you do the
2: the the prospect report for Mother's Nation during the Bye. season, and there's a lot of ghosts on those lists that just they disappear and we forget they were ever around.
3: <laughs> that's that's exactly it. That's what I was going to say. Is that like every year we don't qualify people, and even me watching their numbers all year, I'm sometimes like, oh, that guy seemed like he had a good season in the mm. in the NCAA, but they just they they know the trajectory, and we don't. So it's yeah, I mean if you're if you're paying anything above a two or a three you're you're probably pretty frustrated with that but the nice thing is is kenny holland has walked himself into a corner and also the league as well we lost our third round pick this year because james neal was allegedly going to score 28 goals and you know just like get kicked
2: in the balls over and over again with fucking mcclellan then, the, like then then, then McClellan
3: third trelly
2: second oh. both of those guys were fired and yet we had to compensate them like it's just boring. and then the rules change i was just gonna say that's year.
3: that's the most frustrating part is that the rule then changed but uh well yeah change
4: before they got our damn pick
3: yeah but uh yeah so it's a you know if you're if you're muffling over a fourth or fifth or sixth round pick i you know i hope you have a good pick there that you you really wanted to see happen <laughs> but uh but yeah i it's it's not it doesn't make sense for Ken Holland cuz he can literally answer the question, did you expect me to get him for free with? Yes. Yes we did. So, you know, it's it's uh you got to make this you got to make this transaction make sense if you're Ken Holland and if it doesn't, you don't deal with Toronto. And
4: I think there's no real fear in Toronto matching the contract. So that's just another reason not to uh Yeah, not just to wait. That
2: if they're gonna if they're gonna stick on the second or whatever it is just just wait wait six days five days whatever it is now because if you
4: if you heard him talk yesterday like uh what's his face out of out of toronto they're on like he's not making any real additions to his team he thinks his team is great and somehow they're gonna pull it together and win it all this year so uh, yeah That's i think uh, oh yeah he was adamant and like this team is good i think they they are what they i are think good. they are type of a situation. But they're going to be going but, back uh, into
2: that Atlantic division that is spicy.
4: Hey, they couldn't get past Montreal last year in the playoffs, man. Like I know, <laughs> okay, obviously, yeah. us and whatever, but uh, there's some. If that team was in Edmonton and Holland said the same thing, he'd be lit up and down. Like there's there's no there's no chance. I think they need some additions out there. They need to move on from them. So I think there's no real fear in uh, in them re-signing them. So there's no point in moving anything more than a sixth.
2: Yeah, just if 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 they're not. Wanting to play, just wait. Zach Hyman will be here, mm-hmm. and you know what? We'll all be excited. If you're listening to this now and you're worried about the term, I am too. But let's let's talk about that four years from now, because like I said, we will have a Zach Hyman gold draft on this podcast, just like we did for Milan Lucic. If things fall apart in the interim, I'm really looking forward <laughs> to the honeymoon phase. You know. That's always the best when a new toy shows up and you hug them and you feel real nice inside. It's like, oh, Zach Hyman, you look so good in all those jerseys. Let's enjoy that part of this.
3: All those quotes of like you know how excited he is to play with Connor McDavid. Yes, yes, and, yeah. yes.
2: Let's enjoy that part. Let's enjoy the honeymoon. <laughs> a step up from his a step yeah. up
3: from his old line mates.
2: Yeah, Just, uh, those fucking <laughs> over there
0: in Toronto. You know, he gets to play with future <laughs> hockey Hall of Famer Duncan Keith. Exactly. So.
3: Exactly. I did love the people that said that <laughs> we, we shouldn't make a trade with Toronto because they are rivals. Uh, uh, I think, like, I think would you s-
2: not consider every in that same context, then, would you not consider every team our rival? Like, I really? guess.
3: Yeah.
4: If you're using, uh, I don't know. There's probably a little bit to be said about a couple Canadian teams being a little bit higher than the majority of the American teams. So maybe it's three or four Canadian teams and two American teams that kind of sit in that rival uh, stance. And I kind of understand that thinking, but at the end of the day, I think you have to like, if it's going to improve your team, you have to, you have to make the move. I mean, I wouldn't give them too much, but in this situation where you're going to take from them, I think I'm, I'm, I'm more okay with it.
2: Interesting that we're all excited about Hyman. Everybody is. So if you say that I'm overly negative and you're tweeting at me that I'm overly negative about Zach Hyman, listen to this. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. I'll worry about the contract later. Uh, other things that happened with the Oilers, Holland said yesterday he is not extending qualifying offers to Jujar Kara or Dominic Cahoon. I wasn't expecting Dominic Cahoon to come back, to be honest, but Jujar, man, that hurts.
0: Yeah. Uh, if you've listened
2: to if you've listened to Oilers Nation Radio for any length of time, you know how big of a Jujar guy I am. Love the hammer. Love what he does. <laughs> he is on his game. He is an excellent player. But I guess the problem is a little streaky, you know? And he didn't say an opportunity, he won't
4: there he said he won't give him a qualifying offer. So, so there the is qualifi- an offer, ch- offer.
2: That's right. So the qualifying offer would have been 1.3 million. There is an opportunity for them to sign him at less than that. So mm-hmm. that's not to say that Jujard's gone. It's just maybe unlikely.
0: I know uh, Rick Dollywell was saying that we're not qualifying him, right?
4: So Yeah. Oh, well, Holland said, that Holland, that Holland said it.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
4: But the yeah, thing is, uh, though, Holland is I, I think... Right, yeah, directly. He will look at this lineup and I don't think you're bringing in a lot of guys who can, who can run the, who could play on the PK. And I think for, you could probably get them at two years, 800, 900 grand. And I think that as a 13, 14 or 12th, uh, that, that, that fourth left winger and somebody can kill penalties. Somebody has a little bit of grit and whatnot. And he likes his style in the, in the playoffs. I, if I was running the team would sign it would keep him, would find a way to keep him around for about two years.
2: I, Hey man, you don't got to sell Jujar care to me. (laughs) I, I love the guy. It's going to bum me out if he actually does leave. And again, just because he's not qualified doesn't mean that the others don't can't retain him. Right? Like last year, there was the story of Andreas Athanasiu. They didn't qualify him at three, but they did offer him a contract. He just went to LA instead. So it could happen. Jujar could be back. I mean, Our beard per 60 drops significantly with Larson already gone. And if Jujar leaves, come on.
4: Mm, Keith, I think Keith can grow a pretty decent one though. So
2: Well, thankfully, thankfully, because we need something here. The summer of rage is just going to get crazier. Our beard strength (laughs) and our Swedish all abs team. Good Lord. Broberg better be doing (laughs) sit-ups right now. Probably
4: is too. I think Lajison's feeling right now. Lajison's got some big shoes to fill.
2: No, buddy. You better be doing some squats right now too, buddy. Good (laughs) Lord. Uh, Next up, Mike Smith. Last week, we yelled at each other about Mike Smith and whether or not he should get a two-year extension. Well, he did. He is. 2.2 million per season for two years. So 4.4 total. I personally, again, I maintain, I don't understand the need for the second year on a four-year-old goaltender, but it is what it is. It's not like a huge deal. I just don't understand the point of it. It could be like, well, I don't want to negotiate next summer. Mike Smith, you're 40. But I don't want to do this again next summer. Mike Smith, you're 40. This is a pro sport. Love you. Welcome you back. Only one year deal. Moot point, because he's got two. Dan, your thoughts?
3: Uh, I'm hashtag annoyed. It's just, it's just, it's just Goofy. It's just not good management of your team, and this one, you know, I talked about how it's, uh, you know, this is the four-year window now, Um, and Mike Smith shouldn't be a part of that, Uh, you know, outside of one more year to see if he can catch lightning in a bottle again at age 40. But you know, here we are. He's our he's our one A goaltender right now, and. And it's either Mikko Koskinen or somebody. But has anybody heard Ken Holland even mention that he's looking for a goal yet? No, because I, don't think I so. haven't. I sure haven't, which concerns me. That's terrifying to me.
2: Yeah, I don't like the idea of the same duo again. Like, if, Or if, Staylock? You know what? If it's Smith and Staylock, they could buy out Koskinen and have all three on the books for under five million bucks. It wouldn't be the worst thing of all time. But again, I don't think that's the upgrade you need. If it's Mike Smith yeah. for two years, my preference, would be to go get a, a younger guy who can establish himself and stick for a minute. And if that's Mike Smith's next year as your backup at 2 million bucks. You're okay with that. Yep. But you're also banking on a four-year-old's body to perform the way you need a, a goaltender's body to. And that's, that's, that's well, and Rick and, you and you a guy
3: love, that likes sorry, the net, ahead. a guy that loves the yes. net. That was also going to add in there. Yep. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't Absolutely like does. sitting out. So and that's a weird backup position. It's just such
0: in. a gamble. Right so
2: it's a gamble it the second a year gamble. to me is unnecessary but it, it definitely annoyed
0: it. me when uh sorry rick uh when detroit oh. just picked up alex uh net however pronounced his name yesterday for like a, yeah it was so cheap too it was like why yeah. can we go after that why can we make a deal like that happen because <laughs> we <laughs> don't have that, we don't have
4: that third round pick Whoa, and to we be uh, fair um we didn't have like a burn yet either i'm sure we could have figured out something mm-hmm. it obviously it would have
3: looked a little bit different coming from us but we had it also had the opportunity to pick him up on waivers last year, even shit. after Carolina screwed us over on the Forsberg. How thing. did that not
4: Every, happen? Everybody had a chance to pick him up on waivers last year too, though. But the Oilers did. Well,
2: Rick, That's, your thoughts on the second year for Mike Smith?
4: You know what? I think it's a bit of a safety net. I think we just saw Adam Marson walk away when he thought he had something there. Uh, I think there's a little bit of a fear in that if you don't have Mike Smith this year, that shit, what the hell are we going to do? I do think he's playing this goaltender market far too passively. I would have liked him to go out and find that 26, 27, 28-year-old goaltender and even pair him up with Smith for this. I think you've got to set your goaltender to a certain price, and I don't think the $2 million is going to set us off that much. Um, If worse comes to worse, you can put him in the minors. he only costs you a million. Um, So, yeah, I think it's a little bit too much. I understand the second year as a safety valve because he went into the goaltender market last year didn't swing on the first three and all of a sudden it was gone. Um, and I think he's probably a little bit of uh, hesitant and the same thing could this year and it's happening. And it's unfortunately happening pretty quickly, I believe um, with the going, it sounds like Allmark, as of yesterday, at least was going to sign, resign in Buffalo you don't have a lot in terms of assets to make trades. So you might get stuck with the same hand, but Mike Smith didn't. I don't think Mike Smith really had a fluky year last year. I believe he came in and said, you know what, he did a whole bunch of things to change up his um his pregame stuff and all that. So maybe that saves you an extra year. Maybe you can sit there. But I still don't want to see him playing more than 40-ish games. So I'm terrified with what's going on with the goaltending situation. But him for two million for two years, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Cause in the I don't think he can be your number one. I think that's a that's a far bigger deal. If he's your number one, um, I don't like it with Staloc or with Koskinen. So if you're paying your backup $2 million, I really don't give a shit. But you need a, an actual number one. So I'm more worried about who he's going to get for a number one.
3: Well, that's that's my thing too. And it's a good point by Me you too. Rick. And it's like, it's, where, why was this transaction made again at this time? The, the Oilers are out-negotiating negot- sca- out themselves.
4: No, but if he loses him, if he walks away, then you're fucked.
3: Why? There's so many free agent goaltenders out there. But you know what you
4: got. You know what you have in Smith. And you You don't don't... know exactly what you have in everybody else. You do. You've had him for a couple of years. You've got a pretty good idea of his ups and his downs and his goods and his bads. And you know he works in the dressing room and he does whatever uh, extra stuff. And you don't really know what you have in some of the other UFAs. You've brought in other UFAs. You're like, I think this guy's going to work well. And it's, it's been a flat tire. So I think it's more of a safety valve. And I get how some people don't like the conservative approach of coaches and GMs sticking with somebody they know. But I think if you were in that situation, if you're a boss, if you're a manager of some sort, and you stick with a veteran of some sort because you know what they can give you, even if it's not the greatest, but you know what they can give you even at their worst. I understand why you, you have that bit of a safety net.
3: I just it's for me it's the two things right it's it's the bump up in money, which not fair, which is silly you know especially when you've given the guy term you know more term than I would imagine most teams would have given him no team um, would have given him two years and then and then you're making a transaction right now like it's just like you I guess like to me you you'd hope that at this point Mike Smith has some loyalty to the Edmonton Oilers right and so even if he goes out to market and he got offered two million dollars at two years you would expect him to come back to the Oilers if he wanted to be an Edmonton Oiler and say, Hey guys, can you meet that? Can you beat this? Cause I'm, I'm considering this. And then the Oilers panic and make that decision. Sure. But they like, it's, it's a log jam now at goaltending again, and it's a bad log jam. It's not a good log jam for them. I don't so, think it's a
4: log jam. I think it's a, it's, we don't, they don't want them there. They don't want, they don't want to stay like our cost there. They got to figure that shit out. I don't think it's a log jam, but I think it's a massive problem. Well, but like Staylock to me is a guy him?
2: that Staylock to me is a guy that like he easily gets snagged on waivers if he goes on. So that's that one's gone.
4: But that so dude he, hasn't played in like two years. Yeah. Yeah. So but I think a lot of G, there's going to be a lot of GMs who are a little bit hesitant on taking a guy like that.
2: I think I think somebody would like, I mean, look at what's going on in the NHL just in terms of just weird like wrist yeah. aligning got a first round pick. So like they're up to the really shit out there. <laughs> Um, also, so, I
0: don't imagine that uh, Stuart Skinner is gonna be ready anytime soon. So no,
2: let him play where he's in the AHL and yeah. get his bats in. Like, yeah, no, I don't want to see any of well. our three.
4: Okay. I don't want to see any of our three potential young kids play in the NHL this year. I think I don't there's want more Moussour. than enough spots. There's more than, enough. Uh, Olivier Rorigue and then Skinner and Kanovalov. I think there's more than enough spots in leagues underneath us to have them play. I don't want to see any one of those three up here.
2: The interesting thing is obviously Koskinen, right? Like if Ken Holland can actually get, even if you retain 50% of it, right. If you can get rid of costs and and not have to buy it out and have that spread over two years, what does that look like? Is there somebody out there who would be like, fuck it. I'll take a flyer on this giant, you know, (laughs) at 2 million bucks or whatever 50% is like, why not? He's 2,000 feet tall. His legs are nine miles long. Like maybe there's somebody out there that takes a flyer on him at 50% retained. That's the question. It's because Mike Smith's back. He's here this year next. I'm with Rick. I don't think the same duo, that ain't it. And the other goalie that is with Mike Smith in tandem this year, I need it to be a guy who's not going to be getting the discount card at Humpty's for breakfast. (laughs) That's what I need. I didn't get that. Siri, shut try? up.
3: Nice.
2: <laughs> Fantastic.
4: <laughs> uh-huh. She does not understand your joke.
2: Uh-huh. The We talked about Jujar Cara likely moving away. Well, it looks like coming out from Jason Greger, we may have the replacement in line already in Luke Glendening. If you look at his fancies, you see he's a very defensive-minded center. He's a right-shot center, but he does not produced very much in 54 games last year with the red wings he got six goals nine assists for 15 points that doesn't necessarily move the dial but it'll probably be cheap
4: what's yeah i was gonna say what's the price tag on a player like him because his last contract
2: was let me see here i got puckpedia open three or something his last one had a cap hit of 1.8 all right so that's too much
3: (laughs) i just i did i don't see
2: like okay
3: yeah, I guess mm. another Kyle Tourist kind of gamble.
2: It's well, this has to be fourth line. This Super. has to be fourth line. It, yep. It's got to be a million bucks or less. Like, what I don't know what league minimum is this year, but like that's got to be where we're talking about. It. If Luke is coming, So if he's like at two million dollars for two years, like people are gonna go, What is going on here? Because he is not, and I repeat, not a third line center, despite the fact that he played there last year in Detroit.
4: Refresh your Twitter's there, fellas. Big um, OEL. Yeah, for Ann Garland to Vancouver, perhaps. Yeah, and and are all
0: everyone's making trades. Wow, okay. Coyotes
2: news here: and Ekman Larson and Garland deal with Vancouver is close. That's going to be a big one. Uh, Connor Garland's a player, actually, that I was hoping that the Oilers would be chasing a little bit, but having both he and Ekman Larson coming, like, what is Vancouver sending out the other way? Because it's not like they've got a ton of cap space either,
4: you know. There's nothing. There's nothing in the uh, in the article here.
0: Maybe Horvat.
4: Oh, were they trying to move Besser or something like that?
0: Yeah, someone they're trying to move someone notable. Like
2: Besser, yeah, Horvat they love. obviously their cat. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. We may just record until the draft starts because Tyler's not here to (laughs) shut us up. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'm just letting
0: you guys go right now. It's it's a bit of a long one, but if they keep throwing us little tidbits like this, yeah. Well, let's keep it going. More content for me to make TikToks out of. So
2: (laughs) absolutely, there's more stuff going on too that we need to talk about. That is outside of the draft. It's been a busy week. draft day we haven't even mentioned it yet today really is Jeez. it's nhl entry draft day and there was a time this uh, used to be a
4: big party day for us at oilers nation
2: oilers nation we used to throw some shakers at the pint downtown on draft day and they were always fun but then they got a little bit sad and then covid happened and we haven't had <sighs> one in a while but i'll tell you i would love to be having a party at the pint tonight looking at the oilers pick 20th overall, but again, Arizona, they're cheaters. So we get bumped up to 19th. So I'm looking at Bob McKenzie's draft list. This is the one where he surveys scouts and he puts together the aggregation of all their feedback. Now, he said yesterday outside of Owen Power going first overall, two to nine could change and anywhere after that is a gamble. So right now on Bob's list, I'll just start at... 18. So generally in the window of where we're going to be, I'll start at seven. This guy's name is fun. Feder Svechkov is a center. This is all forwards, by the way, looking at McKenzie's list here. So Sebastian Kosa, for those wondering, he's ranked 15th on McKenzie's list. A lot of people don't think he'll be there when the Oilers draft. So Feder Svechkov is in 17. Isaac Rosen, 18. He is a right winger, 5'11". Zachary Bolduke, 6'1", center. Xavier Bull. For goal. We got a lot of French people here. Good for you. Six foot center. And then at 21, we got Carson Lambos. Oh, we need more Lambos around here. Six foot one defenseman. And then Carson Coulamont is a six foot two defenseman. So looks like there's a mix of forwards and defensemen in there. Question for you guys since I imagine none of us know anything about any of these people, because most of them, is, this is the first time I've ever read their names. Do you think? Holland just steps up to the podium, the zoom window, whatever it is this year, and just drafts a player, best player available at 19. Yesterday, he did say he didn't think there would be a defenseman that they would draft in that spot, but if there is, we'll see. What are you expecting from the 19th overall pick this uh, for the first round tonight?
4: Hmm. I expect him to trade backwards, unless one of the goaltenders are there. If one of the goaltenders are there, that's uh, so what he goes with. Otherwise, he trades trade backwards, and he starts. Um Using those pieces to, to, uh, make these little trades that we wish we were a part of right now.
3: Yeah. Dan, what do you think? I have no idea. I genuinely do. I have no idea. Like <laughs> I, I I'm with you Bag milk, those guys. I haven't read about them. I, I didn't learn about them. I didn't study them. I'm just kind of along for the ride this time. And, uh, I can't pretend otherwise to know whether it's going to happen or not. I I hope that if the first doesn't get picked by us, it's for a goalie. We made a trade for a goalie, but that's, that's about as much as I can hope for or plan for.
2: I wonder if there's a possibility to trade down a little bit from say 2019, whatever, 20 to 23. Detroit's got a couple of first round picks this year. That's only moving down a few slots, but they've also got a handful of seconds. So Seconds and thirds, I should say. Um, so I wonder if there's an opportunity there. Obviously, Holland and Eisman seem to like dealing with each other. I don't know. The one, Do one I thing, see I will... your thoughts today? Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: I, I think uh, if we can't get one of the goaltenders, then we just tried to pick because uh, that's the one name I've wanted, Sebastian Cosa, especially if he is available. But other than that, uh, like a buddy of mine mentioned, this draft is literally like a, it's like a draft lottery. It's like a scratch ticket. You you don't really know what you're going to get with some of these players because just because of COVID and everything you haven't been able to chance to see them so it's it's just a weird draft
2: I wish my ideal scenario like I wish this was the year where the Oilers moved their first plus player whatever to try and fill a hole that helps in October because I did a 18 through 22 I did the last 10 years of players selected eight through 18 through 22 and as you get further along in the first round this isn't a surprise to anybody the longer it kind of takes them to establish themselves in the nhl and i think we're getting to a point where hmm. maybe it's time to take a swing on like if you could trade the first rounder and a pick or a first rounder and a player i don't know what it is we're just bullshitting here but you could get a player who's maybe an RFA or something like that who you have team control under and that can play now. Maybe a change of scenery guy. But, it, like, I would have traded a first for Bushnevich. I would have. But, obviously, that's off the board now. What do you guys this think? Is... is this the year, maybe, trade the first?
4: Yes.
0: Yeah. 100%.
4: Yes. It has to be. Especially with I think that's what you do. I think you 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 utilize this pick in order to help fill the Larson spot. So you've already got an idea of what some of these defensemen who are under term with other teams were going to cost. You may not have that second or third. You obviously don't have that second or third. So maybe that's what it takes you move your the goaltender's not there. You move back. Now you got the now you've got the right pieces. You turn that team. Go bring them in. Or maybe you know what? Maybe. Uh, the Josh Manson thing—I know he's—I uh, think he's an RFA at the end of this year. He's a free agent of some sort. He's making four point one, I believe. He's going to need a new contract next year. Um, maybe you flip it there. I know they said he's—they don't want to do it for a rental, but maybe there's—you you just get him signed. It's not a rental if you get him signed, right? Uh,
2: looks like part of the return for OEL. And Carter Garland is at least Antoine Roussel from Jesus. Vancouver, so I, we'll see how we'll <laughs> Hell see the value going for
0: out. that trade. Right Ken, there. please do something, please.
2: I like we'll see. I'm following David Quadrelli. He is the editor from Canucks Army, so we'll see if there's anything that comes out of there. Uh, it's interesting that trade too. Like they just bumped it a year down the road. Remember, if you remember last year, OEL's like I want to be traded by date X. If not, I'm coming back. I mean, here we are a year later. He is a Vancouver Canuck. I hope there's no retained salary. Please don't let there be retained salary, but we'll see how it goes. I don't know. Dan, what do you think about trading the first round pick? Uh,
3: yeah. I mean, it, like I said, I, I think that it's goalie or bust at this point. And, and I hope that that's the plan is to go out and get a goalie via trade. There's a couple of them that are available. I think I'd stay away from the Columbus situation myself, but uh but Arizona was a team that I was hopeful we could make a deal with because they they seem to value Hill over Ranta. And so it's, uh, you know, that's that's where it makes sense. And then if not, you go out and you draft a guy. The, the cool thing or the weird thing, I guess, with this draft is that everybody's list is probably going to have some guys, you know, at that 20 spot where they had them in the top 10 kind of thing, just because it is going to be a little all over the place as to, what, as to what's going on. Guys in the OHL scouts in the ohl are literally just going to have been checking in on players and seeing what their off seasons were like because they didn't have a season in the ohl so it's it's just it's a good year to make a transaction if you can uh it's a good year to find a team like a detroit or an ottawa where they're just going to try and stack up picks and and keep adding to the coffers but uh you know can you make that deal before before 19 comes around who knows
2: We'll see. We're three and a half hours away from the start of the first round. We might just podcast all the way until that, just to spite Tyler remchuk wherever he is. RIP, Tyler. He's alive, but he's dead to me. Uh, moving along, still no more detail. I'm waiting for these OEL details to come in. We'll see how that goes. Um, looking ahead, the schedule came out yesterday. So the first thing, the Nation Group Text, Dan will attest to this, Nation Network Group Text. I guess the ON Group Text, there's Nation Group Text lit up immediately with ideas on when we can do a nation vacation. Now, nothing is confirmed. I do know that Jay reached out to the Golden Knights again to see if we can get a lock of tickets down in Vegas. And then maybe Nashville this year, Dan, maybe.
3: That's, the, that's always been the hope we were, you know, I, I don't think we've ever really spoken about it publicly, but we were planning a Nashville trip just as the pandemic hit Um and it was going to be big. And, and we were going to have a lot of fun with that one and then the global pandemic ruined everything but uh yeah these these trips no matter what and i, I think we're going to kind of go around the horn and see some dream scenarios from everybody but uh these trips are going to be bigger and bigger and better and better every time we do them uh we learn from our our misgivings and we and we learn what what worked really well and that's that's I think a testament to you know what everybody here at the nation tries to do with these trips so it's going to be a lot of fun but I, i'm excited to hear your guys's uh dream scenarios here
2: i'm excited for young Waz here you know because he's going to be he's been with us for a few months now he's going to be walking into the fun part of working for others nation and maybe like rick as a veteran of basically every nation trip
4: and around how, how- a couple
2: what 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 can young Waz expect from one of these vacations off into a foreign place?
4: Um a gluttonous amount of Every fun.
2: Everything's
4: good. Anything? <laughs> good. Uh, yeah, there's uh, not not I hope you don't uh, I hope you don't value your sleep too much. Yep. Um we do have a we do have a, a pretty strict rule of one before ten or ten before one. So this is a one shot before 10 a.m. And if you don't hit that, therefore, you need to do 10 shots before 1 p.m. Um, I Listen, I know it sounds rough, but you get one down at 9.30, 9.45, you're laughing. The rest of your day is, you know, it, it, it's an up and going. Interesting. It's October. It's October. Um, the first one, November for the second one, if we're, if we're talking Vegas. October, I think, probably be pretty nice weather out there. I don't know if the pools will still be open, but we've uh, – we've been known to be uh called the cabana boys. Um I suggest you get all your, your your cardio up. We do not use the yep. el- escalators. We are the stair yep. boys as well. Yep. Um also I would uh, I would watch some videos on how to play uh on how to play craps. Yep. And I've never been pens, to Vegas bro. so well, I'm <laughs> telling you man it's uh, it, it's fun. And we don't do it in the you know you talk to a lot of friends and like oh we spent thousands of dollars. Um it's not like that. We usually walk up and down the strip. We stop in the nearest CVS, which is a lot of them, and you grab a beverage from there. So about four dollars and seventy, about less than five dollars, you can get a, a nice tall bud, a tall beer, a tall seltzer, whatever the hell you want. So we do it on the cheap, and uh, we have we have a lot, a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. And like Rick said, uh, the one shot before 10 or 10 before one rule that we have was is always fun to watch because, again, we'll have a group text to make sure that we don't lose each other, which happens <laughs> mm-hmm. often. And then, and I
4: suggest being prepped for this because we had it a lot last time. Everybody had their drinks there. You had a cold beverage, whatever. It was good. The first time we stopped and we found like that little uh, kiosk or whatever. And we bought a bunch of fireballs. Yeah, and they were a little bit warm, and they were no uh, oh, less than <laughs> good. Less yeah. than good that one. Yeah.
2: The, my favorite part, though, is like in the in the like fifteen minute window leading up to ten a.m. when everybody's sending the videos proving <laughs> that they took the shot before ten a.m. It's the best because it'll be like nine fifty nine, and you're like, oh, where's so and so? And then here comes the video. Like you don't want to be the guy who has to do ten before one. Although here's the oh. thing, was. If you take one before 10, chances are you will have had 10 before one anyway. So,
4: (laughs) Don't tell anybody that part.
2: It's a good time. Looking forward to it. So if you haven't seen the schedule yet, OilersNation.com. I posted it yesterday. It's in the mix. We are back to an 82-game schedule. How does everybody feel about the full schedule again? Good?
0: I'm I'm excited. excited. Yeah. Whoa.
2: I'm also it's excited of, that the Oilers are going to be playing every other team in the league again after only playing six opponents for the entire. Yeah, it sucks, sucks
0: because there's no more Ottawa Senators to pounce on. So,
2: well, there is the yeah. Anaheim Ducks, though the California really teams. shed house bad. Yeah, uh, but we'll see, right? Oh, look at that! I got a birthday game this year. Fun.
3: Shout out to the shout out to the mm-hmm. schedule makers who gave us the third. Easiest schedule if you consider tired games versus rested teams uh, matchup. We have nine games where we're going to be the tired team versus a rested team. Uh, and then the we have 15 games where we're going to be the rested team versus a tired team.
4: You know what we else were pretty I good there? as the tired team last year, though. Yes, they were.
3: We were.
2: Another thing that I noticed, and it's just like a weird little detail, not a lot of Sunday games for the
3: Oilers this year.
2: No Sunday fun days, only a handful.
3: But it was the same for the, even for this, this truncated season last yes, it was, year, it was, it, it, there was not a lot of Sunday afternoon games.
4: So people enjoy their days off. Now. I do believe to... they try and avoid like NFL too.
2: Oh, I have to. Well, and I think right. that the like, Royal Kings might mm, play in
3: there too, just because the WHL loves fair. their Sunday games. Family event. Yeah.
2: If you're listening to this, where's your ideal nation vacation? Cause nothing's set in stone. Like we're going to go to Vegas. That's going to happen. Like if we do another one, where would you like to go? Maybe it's Chicago. We've talked about Chicago. Coombsy's been pushing for New York. There is that little
0: road Ooh. trip we have. Uh, that's like around New Year's Eve in New York. So that's interesting. New Year's Eve in New York would be Whoa. excellent, but yeah. incredibly expensive.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's
3: gonna be that's
4: gonna be pricey. That do
0: one. you guys ever go out east or no?
3: Just west. We've just done we've just done We're Calgary Vegas. and Vegas so far. Oh, okay. Yeah,
2: so we'll also have some uh, some nation bus trips down to Calgary again for sure, for sure. Because those are all <laughs> also a great time was. I don't know what kind of dancer you are or how you feel about uh, chopstick drumming, but that'll be oh, another thing that you'll have to learn. You're gonna
4: want to work so. on your skills. Gonna, I mean, uh, when, when I when I
0: joined the nation, this is the one thing I was looking forward to is the nation vacation. So
2: me too man as somebody who's been we've been hacking away at the old pandemic for a year and a half now it's i miss well, them yeah because we we went into lockdown literally seven days after getting back from vegas last year <laughs> so uh it's been a slog
0: because it's like i think uh, i don't know you guys were mentioning like in october maybe it's like why not we've been in this pandemic for so long let's just go
4: on a vacation as soon as, as soon as that's I, that's what i love about that one that's yeah. like three months away like we're inside of three months already that's incredible Oh, oh look, at cra-
2: Tyler Uramchuk tweeting about sports right now. Too bad you're not on a podcast today, Tyler. Anyway, so I got you him. would have
4: ended hey, by should, now. It's okay. Hey, I tweet, that- tweet to him that we're still going. See what he says. Okay, hang on.
3: I think that there's a sneaky option that we haven't really spoken about yet, but it's this this package of games from February the 23rd to the 27th. They play in Tampa on the Wednesday, yeah, I saw and then that. Florida on the fr- Saturday, and then Carolina on the Sunday. So there's, there's a potential there where we could do you could even do you know a four or five day trip down east but it's just uh the only thing with the logistics of trying to get people moved from city to city is the logistics of trying to get people <laughs> yeah, from sure. city to city because as <laughs> yeah. we all know from our first trip with people miss just buses about, just it's about it's tough 15. from going to the
4: it's tough yeah. from going from the airplane to the to the limo yeah.
3: Just just for the fifteen people that came on our first ever trip down to Vegas, we lost one for ninety eight percent of the trip. We saw him at the start. That we, was on. Uh, his own we name. found him at the end. Like that, the, like Danimal, that
4: guy,
2: the Legend the Danimal Danimal is, of the Animal, lives on. Yeah, yeah, I think he's still walking <laughs> the strip these days now, and I have no idea what's going on with Dan.
4: If we end up in Carolina, though, guys, I feel like uh, I wouldn't mind ending up there. I think they could lose. Uh, used to have a shovel stolen from them or something. Like we get some sort of retribution sure. for 06. Sure. They definitely deserve something. I'm not against going there.
3: Just steal a trophy from their trophy case. You can get this yeah, yeah. back when we get our cup back.
4: <laughs> hey, we tried to return that shovel. We were in, but everybody started to make a big scene, and then they saw it. But we were in the doors past security. That shovel was back home. But then we, we did kinda, like, successfully sold out ourselves. return
2: the shovel. That's what matters most here. And that, I mean, it may have been upgraded with a newer shovel, but like, uh, was. you know, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Tyler Yoramchuk has already responded. Hasn't it been like two hours? <laughs> Hour yes, and a half. <laughs> Hour and a half, yeah. Yes, it has been. When you're not invited. I, I really hope he uh, was sees him pop into the waiting room here. And then right as we're going to shut it down after Hot and Cold Performers, we'll bring him in and then just end the podcast. I'd then. be, I'd be
0: very interested to see how he gets in here, though. So it's like, you're not getting any links, Tyler. Sorry. This is my show no. now.
3: Here's the, <laughs> here's the OEL trade official. Go ahead, Dan. OEL and Connor Garland, uh, but also, or and then the other way coming back, it's Beagle, Erickson, Roussel, and the ninth overall pick. There's Ooh, still stuff to nice. be ironed out there, but yeah, quite a bit going bad for uh, or going differently for Arizona trying to get Arizona's back moving first some. Pick. They're moving some money there.
2: Yep. Well, so are the so are the Canucks though.
4: Really. Well, that's what I was the Canucks say. had. The Canucks had to to bring some in, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm guessing so, those contracts that that Arizona's taken back are very quickly ending.
2: Now let's let's talk this through since it's going through as we're getting some final de- details here. Does this does this like how much of a difference does Ekman-Larson make to Vancouver? Because they were not good last year.
3: I would say Connor Garland has just as much of an impact, if not more, for them.
2: Sure, I would agree with that, dude.
3: So yeah, I mean, like, like you're right, bag milk. The the addition of OEL makes Vancouver a little bit better. Uh, probably also softens the blow of losing a Nate Schmidt, Ooh. where they're likely to to make that transaction as well. Are you seeing something new?
2: No, just well, yeah, I'm on Puckpedia.com, so keep an eye on the on the details, Dan, if you can, just to see if there's any uh, any uh, retained salary. Because I, I was just like, man, what is Ekman Larson's cap hit? Like, it's outrageous. I think eight point two five. 8.25 and he is going into year he's in year three of the eight-year contract so that is a big one yeah to bring I, uh, on in vancouver
3: our frank Saravelli just tweeted out this is a whopper of a financial transaction <laughs> at least 63.5 million dollars in real cash changing hands by the time you pay garland Whew. so damn big big money transaction for once in the nhl you don't see those very often
2: and we'll keep it an eye on it as we get into our hot and cold performers. Waz, get your buttons ready. Oh, you don't have any buttons. No, we'll, so, make, we'll make
0: the noises. It's we're going to
2: do sound <laughs> effects again, just like we did when Tyler was big time in us at the radio station. So we, Waz, you've participated in this before, so I'm starting with you. Okay. Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. We start with our veggies every year, but first I need you to go to DeuceVodka.com. First up, handsome picture of Brett Kissel right up front. That's what you see. That's what you get. Nice little cocktail. It's the weekend. It's draft weekend. Maybe a Caesar Sunday after a successful draft weekend by the Oilers. Mm -hmm. Deucefodka.com. If you go to about Deucefodka, you get the whole story. Also in there is a store locator where you can find all of the retailers here in Alberta that sell Deucefodka. If you go to Deucefodka.com, make yourself a cocktail provided you are of legal drinking age. Mr. Waz, your Deucefodka cold performer of the week.
0: I'm going to go with Adam Larson leaving the Oilers for Seattle because that made me sad. And I don't know if you want to... You, you obviously, Ken Holland tried his best to keep him, but at the end of the day, it's just... Yeah, I would give it to Adam Larson.
3: Or, bum, or Ken bum, Holland. Bum. Yeah.
2: Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Nice. Good, right? Dan, I you're up that. next. Deuce Vodka Cold form of the Week.
3: Uh, mine is going to go out to the production value around that expansion draft it had a lot of high school pep rally vibes. Didn't it? you? You'd think at this point, this is their what 14th time they've done an expansion draft. And I guess this was the most in-depth version of it, but they had an entire like two years to plan for this even with COVID as an issue. And somehow it still was weird. It was cringy at different points. It was, it's just, it's just not what you want to have happen to a team that's brand new coming into your league. So for my Deuce Vodka Co-Performer of the Week, it's the expansion draft production.
2: Brr, brr. Nice. Dailyfaceoff.com's Frank Saravalli says, Canucks essentially traded one more year of pain $12 $12 million in cap hit between Erickson, Beagle, and Roussel in exchange for a better team next season with Garland and OEL, but potential long-term cap consequences with OEL at 825 through 2026-27. So it does not look like there's any retained salary on the OEL contract. So back to the old Google machine. Oh, fuck mean, He's already 30. So that <laughs> he's going to be, again, paid eight eight shmill. actually, until he is pushing 40. Good luck with that one, Vancouver. Good luck with that one. That's not our Uh, problem. Rick, you're next up. Deuce Vodka, Cold form of the Week.
4: Well, it's going to kind of go in line with the other two there, but I'm just going to straight up give it to the stupid organization that the Seattle Kraken, and I'm not spelling it the way they do. I'm going to spell it my own way. Nonetheless, I don't like the fact they took Adam. (laughs) I take a lot of offense to this. Um... Mm -hmm. That t-shirt that they gave Sean Kemp, that's ridiculous. And then <laughs> what they did to Dominic Moore with the uh with the hairdo and the angles on the camera, this that uh, absolutely embarrassing. So I'm gonna straight up give, and I'm not trying to make friends with these guys. I don't think anyone's gonna be surprised about this. So I'm gonna say, you know what? Their first um, their first endeavor into the league was a flat tire. I'm gonna give it to the Seattle Kraken for dropping the ball on their uh first impression.
2: Oh, that's cold. Uh, It was also interesting to notice during the expansion draft that Seattle didn't make any trades at all. Uh, Whereas Vegas, I don't remember what the total was, but it was lots
4: more than zero. Well, it was was like 17 or something, I think it was.
3: Shout out to all the people that saw that. Seattle drafted in their expansion draft, 14 AHL players from last year. And they were all just like, well, remember what Vegas did with all those trades that they did afterwards. And then Seattle was like, yeah, no, actually, we don't have any trades planned at all. This is just, this is our team right now.
2: And again, like we talked about Adam Larson, like, why did you sign there, bro? Like you're going to be so bad. Unless they make a bunch of trades. And I also feel bad for Jordan. Like, <laughs> you know, too. Uh, goodness gracious. All right. My Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week is first of all, Kanye West. Donda was supposed to hit my (laughs) Apple music last night. What happened, man? What happened? And then also I saw the, the, the picture that was going around the listening day party. Look at the prices on some of these outrageous sweet and salty kettle corn for $35. Now, (laughs) If I'm spending $35 on sweet and salty kettle corn, 20 I buy pounds, a drum of it. Like I want a truck to back up and pour it all into my house to the point where I'm wading through like a foam party at escape for you youngsters. You won't even know what that is. Probably a <laughs> snack. basket, so. $65 <laughs> a basket of gluten-free chips, bars and jerky for 65 bones. This one's for Chris, the former intern. Crispy chicken tenders for a very modest 50 bucks. And the one that really upset me was the all beef kosher Franks for $40. Now, let me tell you something. You can go to Costco right now. And for $1.50, you get a delicious dog and a drink for $1.50, 45, $40. I better be getting 15 hot dogs. This is bullshit. Kanye West, your pricing is outrageous, sir. And it is my cold performer of the week. What other buttons do we have normally? (laughs) Burr!
4: Burr! Doesn't he have one where it's his own voice? It's oh boy. Oh Oh boy.
2: Oh boy. boy. Flipping the ledger. It is time for our good news of the week. Uh, Oh, and one more from Frank Cerevali. After the trade, Coyotes picking two spots ahead of where they were supposed to be, but they cheated, so they forfeited that. Coyote's back in the first round. All right. Hot performer of the week. Let's do a little sunshine. Let's end off with some good news. Deez Vodka, hot performer of the week. Mr. Nation, Dan, I'm going to start with you.
3: Ooh, give me a tough choice because I have three. Uh, So come back to me at the end of it. But I'm going to give it to the guy you just mentioned. all of us take one. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so too. I'm going to give it to the guy. No, you know what? I'm going to go with uh, a gentleman who... Decided that now was a good enough time as any to uh, let his true self be known, and my deuce hot vodka hot performer of the week goes to Luke Prokop for uh, coming out, coming out strong, coming out you know with the the knowledge that this may not do the best things for his for his career, but knowing that it's an important time to speak up and speak about your true self. So my deuce vodka hot performer of the week is Luke Prokop.
2: What's a respectable name?
3: There you go. Nice. Okay. That was a good one. I think
2: I like that one, Rick. Your next up, Doosvaka Hop from the week.
3: Well, I will give a little,
4: a little shout out to all the guys who came out and um, actually like put out a message. You know, kind of give it the props to the back because it's too easy just to say that's great, fantastic. But they actually went ahead and put it out in the world and said, you know what, fantastic on you because they took a yep. bit of a step too. So whatever. Um, and everybody knows I don't like to uh, shine too much light on other organizations. So this is not to the organization organization per se this is to the select few that were involved in this one project and that is the people that were involved in the schedule um reveal video for that team of the city that we really enjoy going to um i think they did a fantastic job with that this is not to the organization but to the specific few that made the video for the nights and their and their uh, reveal of the schedule. I think they did a fantastic job. That little video was hilarious. And uh, we'll give a shout out to those specific people who made the video, not the organization itself.
2: He's a hot guy.
3: <laughs> well, and that, yeah, that was good. That was good. They, that's an organization that gets panned like religiously for their social media presence. So. They did
4: a fantastic job with that. Uh, I do believe that the arena stuff is a little overblown because I do believe I think everyone comes in jacked up on. I'm in Vegas, so I think they got a bit of advantage there. Um, but I will say that that uh, social media that what they did there was that was pretty funny.
2: Somebody who has now been to two games in Vegas. I'll just be honest; I don't really remember the walk into the building so much because I am <laughs> greased by that point of the day. So
4: it's the walk in you don't remember.
2: Well, a couple of the walkout walk was also a little foggy. <laughs> was a couple of years ago, specifically, the walkout was a little foggy. I was, uh,
4: you know, the fifty, the fifty-one
2: forty-nine. was you're in trouble, buddy. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> you're next up, though. Dozvago, oh. form of the week, Mister Waz. Oof.
0: Uh, Rick might not like this, but I'm gonna go back to Seattle, but just because uh, I really like their jerseys, I thought the probably top five in the league for me right now. I don't know. I thought they were both nice. They're way in uh, the home jerseys we had. They have so. really
4: nice t- Toronto Argonaut colors. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: other than that, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, what else? I, I, I don't know. I hit a thousand followers on Twitter. That was cool. That
2: was pretty well cool. Well done. Yeah. Good for you, buddy. You Thanks. deserve it. You do a great job. Dem Arby's boys, wheels up. Ski. 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 <laughs> All right. I'll wrap it up. My Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week is you, Fair Nation citizens, the ones listening to this and the ones that follow us on social media because once again, it's time for our countdown to the season and your overreactions to my trolling with <laughs> photos is arguably my favorite thing of the summer of every year. 82 days until the season opener as of today, Friday the 23rd. So I used Caleb Jones and I ended off with a too soon quote and people are mad and it makes me happy. So, you're open for reactions (laughs) to the countdown photos. And trust me, people, it's only going to get worse as we get closer. The reactions to the countdown videos are my hot performer of the week. Very spicy.
3: That's Uh, hot.
2: Yeah, there you go. Little little Paris Healthy. That's hot. I don't remember what our other buttons were. Tyler, you're fired just kidding
3: i love you but i was going like, to give i was going to give a shout out to uh rick westhead for the great reporting that he continues to do surrounding oh, the black hawks allegations and uh our very own frank saravelli who like if you didn't know of frank saravelli as an insider before uh this expansion draft you do now and that name like he was showing up on reddit's meme thread like all day all day just people making jokes about how they're going to have their kids christmas list revealed to them the day before by frank Zaravalli. it was all golden Mm
2: -hmm. do you know also that his twitter account jumped by like 30k on expansion day
3: not surprising and i gave (laughs) i tried to get the dfo hockey twitter account and instagram accounts and tiktok accounts bumped up from that too
2: Man, and you know what? Frank Saravali, it's fun having you on the team, buddy, because you were throwing some heat out here. I'm really
4: I'm I'm really interested to hear if he had any uh, backlash from some some from some suit guys okay. in Toronto from Atlanta, New York. He stopped
3: yeah. reporting on it in the news real quick. Like it was like it was like I'm breaking this trade and oh this guy is going from this team and yeah. then all of a sudden I hope everybody enjoys the show tonight.
2: <laughs> Next time I talk to him, I'll ask for sure because I also was curious about that. Where uh, Gary Bettman, I'm paraphrasing his quote, but Gary Bettman was something like. Yeah, fans are disappointed that all these things leaked or whatever. And they didn't say Frank's name, but, you know, we know who did it.
0: The only guy that was doing it all to everything. Frank's had the chains on shackle. He's like, I'm going to release everything. I'm just...
4: (laughs) I loved it, man. I think it was hilarious.
2: I was watching the Expansion Draft, tweeting it from OED's Twitter account, and I felt like Biff from Back to the Future 2. Like, I knew what was coming, and it just... I had the almanac. I was ready. Waz, do you know what I'm talking about?
0: Uh, I've never seen Bad Back to the Future, honestly. So,
2: oh, man. Yeah. I think I think I get the reference, but I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> so damn it, <laughs> was fired too. All right. should, we, we, if we ever, if Produce we it. ever,
4: the next off season, we're having some nation uh, movie watch parties or something. Yes. So I think Tyler Absolutely. needs Tyler needs to get. Caught I feel like up he to needs to be more
0: too. culture than me, so don't worry.
4: Probably, yes.
2: Tyler. Some movies. No Siri, I don't want to hear. about it. <laughs>
3: Who are you referencing that Siri keeps (laughs) thinking that you're talking? I don't know. Sarah Valley. Maybe. (laughs) Hey, Hey, Sarah Sarah Valley. There she is. Oh, my goodness. I'm not sure I understand. I know. I don't don't understand. You You got to post a video of that on Twitter.
2: Yeah, listen. Hey, Sarah Valley. No. God
0: damn it. Here's the
3: contact info for Frank Sarah Valley. (laughs)
2: Oh. <laughs> You're calling him. Oh, I yeah, thought I was she really, was going to go read that. that out loud really like, quick. I was going, like, "Oh boy, don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll cut that out." Be friends off with Frank Saravalli real fast if that goes up. <laughs> right, so. But oh. it's a big week, boys. Yeah. Draft starts tonight. Round one tonight. Round two tomorrow. Free agents off on the 28th. Is that Wednesday? Yes, sir. We might have just, to do an emergency pod.
3: Just coming Wednesday. in, actually. From uh from oh. James Myrtle. According to James oh. Myrtle, the Oilers are believed to be giving up a low level draft pick to get the eight years of Zach Hyman. Low-level so if you believe James Myrtle, which most people don't, <laughs> then you're then we're we've done that draft pick trade or it's coming right away.
2: Well, Fine. we'll see. You know what? Mm-hmm. We'll worry about the end of the Hyman deal when that comes. In the interim, he makes the team better. Just remember that.
4: We're gonna, gonna be drunk media, on Stanley Cup. Sorry. We're gonna be drunk on Stanley Cup parties by then, boys. Don't worry.
2: So there you have it. Is there anything else, Dan? You're doing a sweep.
3: The Any coyotes, last thoughts? the coyotes are taking back a portion of Ekman Larson's uh contract in the duo of Vancouver. Okay. They will pay 1.2 million per year for the remaining six years left.
2: So it's still seven million bucks. Yeah. That's still a big ticket. And they're,
3: and they're paying what Nate Schmidt five and a half until Forever, I can't remember when they <laughs> what they signed him for last year, and that okay, didn't so go well that. either. So, anyways, yeah, Vancouver making a big swing, and Arizona getting worse. But the thing is, is that Arizona has a ton of rentals now that are available for your plucking promise. I was trying to make a nice alliteration there, and I didn't. <laughs>
2: uh we appreciate the effort. Hey, Coyotes, you know what you need a guy with a very handsome smile. You know.
4: How about you know, a gigantic goaltender
2: you need a guy with a beautiful smile and a gigantic goaltender we will give them to you very cheap i promise you know mm-hmm. just think about it just think about it all right draft day today tomorrow we'll have everything at weathersnation.com. waz will have everything on tiktok and instagram the boys will have everything up at daily Faceoff. off dan is grinding over there rick will be drinking probably probably a lot coming on tune into we may even be able to convince tyler if he's back from his vacation to do an emergency podcast on wednesday for free agency like we did last year at least i'm gonna write that down because i want to do it As you may be our new producer
0: yes finally
2: <laughs> all I'll right bring
0: my own buttons yes don't worry I can
2: do yes it. there you go oh and since I said I would <laughs> how could I not leave this off with more negative news? Rick, this is reviews for you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We one have star bring review. it
4: to me. One yeah, star
2: review from Vikes Ross. It just says Rick is the title. Honestly, I will <laughs> give you multiple five star reviews the minute you take Rick off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although we did get this one from Evan. One Was day.
4: there a reason?
2: Nope. <laughs> no, nah, they're, they're always like that. <laughs> they'll, they'll give him a
3: reason. Like, I don't know. Like oh. If you're if you're listening right now, go and report that man or yep. woman for having multiple accounts, because they just admitted that. Yep. And then give your own five-star review telling Rick that. how much you love him. Because we love Rick. And Rick ain't going anywhere. Yeah. So sure. can sorry, listener. Him, but he's not going anywhere. Thanks, uh
2: please. we'll end this <laughs> off instead with McDavid's the GOAT from Evan One Norm. Great pod, great takes most of the time. Wink. And that's how we'll end off. This is Oilers Nation Radio, episode 149. I'm Bag Milk. Waz is here. Rick's here. Nation Dan's here. Thank you to Sherwood Ford, Bixler's Jewelers, Cornerstone Insurance, and Deuce Fogger for making make it all possible. And most importantly, you, the listener, for welcoming us into your ear holes and letting us massage your brain feelings. Tell a friend. Subscribe. Leave a review. Even if you don't like me or Rick or Dan, or if you especially hate Tyler because he took time off during the busiest time of the NHL season, off season, let us know in the reviews. That's Oilers Nation Radio, episode 149. Enjoy the draft. Enjoy your weekend.
3: will talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Shout out, shout out Adam Larson. Best wishes.
2: Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram.